When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. This is the month for spooky stories, and while the stories on this episode are not too scary... There are themes of death and ghosts that may not be suitable for younger listeners. If you're responsible for tender ears, you might want to listen first, or forge ahead and enjoy the chills. When the first baby laughed for the first time, the laugh broke into a million pieces, and they all went skipping about. That was the beginning of fairies. J.M. Barry said that, and I heard the first laugh of a baby, my niece, but I didn't see any fairies emerge from it. I thought I might never actually see a fairy in my life, though I know they're there. Out of the corner of my eye, I can often see them moving, flitting about and doing whatever fairies tend to do. What I didn't realize is the type of fairy that lives in Colorado has a very swift development phase, only 24 hours. I know this because I found one. I was digging in the garden. I mean, what else am I going to do right now? Pulling up arugula that had gone wild, and as I pulled out an armful, a grasshopper came jumping out and landed on my arm. While some might scream at being so close to such an odd bug, I just looked at it. In its mandibles was a little bundle that was kicking and squirming. The grasshopper dropped that bundle. I thought it was a pill bug, but as the grasshopper hopped away, the little bundle unrolled, and there was a gray baby with tiny metallic wings. The first tellers for this episode are from a storytelling podcast that emerged as the world went into lockdown at the beginning of the year 2020. The Devil's Violin is a podcast that features retellings of traditional stories with the storyteller Daniel Morton and the musicians Sarah Moody, who plays the cello, and Oliver Wilson Dixon, who plays the violin, viola, and does production. Now, this is a snippet of their work, and if you enjoy it, please go and listen to more episodes of their podcast. This is The Devil's Violin telling the tale, The Devil and the Gypsy.
There was once a gypsy. He travelled the highways and byways playing his fiddle. One night, as he came to a crossroads, he heard, I say! He turned, and there was a gentleman. But when the gypsy looked him up and down, he saw the gentleman had hooves where he should have had feet. I've been watching you. You can make people feel whatever you want with that violin of yours. Happy, sad, wild, mad. You, you can make them lose all reason. I'd pay good money for that power. Name me a price. Times were hard. It was true his music made people give more than they could afford, but that still wasn't very much. And the gypsy was getting old, his bones ached in the mornings. He thought, I know, I'll ask her so much money that he storms off in a huff and a puff of smoke. Fill my pockets with gold and you can have my violin. Done! The gypsy's jacket and his trousers sagged. He put his hands in his pockets and went his pockets filled with cold yellow gold. He was a man of his word. He sighed and handed over the fiddle. The devil took it and vanished. The gypsy walked on. He looked at his empty hands. Without the fiddle he felt incomplete as if he'd lost a limb. He bought another one. But it wasn't the same. One night he found himself approaching the same crossroads, and who was waiting there but the devil waving his fiddle? You conned me. How did you switch him? What? This thing. It doesn't work. It doesn't sound right. You sold me a dud. I've tried and tried, but I can't bend folk to my will like you did. Give me it here. The devil handed it over. The gypsy, reunited with his fiddle, put it under his chin, and out of it came the most sublime sound. Ah, what sorcery is this? said the devil. How come it sounds like that for you, but not for me? I sold you the fiddle, said the gypsy, but I kept something else for myself. Something I will never sell to you or anyone. My soul. Today's fairy tale sponsor is the Modern Fairy Tale Museum and their October exhibits of artifacts from the crossroads. On loan from the Underground Museum, see the artifacts and spoils of deals made in the dark with only the full moon looking on.
See the beautiful dishes that were used to offer suppers to the goddess Hecate upon the full moon. View the full wall display of violins, guitars, banjos, and even a melodica from musicians who challenged the devil or some minor demon to a duel and fell by their own hubris. And the shoes with holes in them from those who listened and danced. The museum even boasts the green coat that was worn for seven years of the bearskin story and the dice that summoned the dark prince to play his favorite game of chance. Come to the Modern Fairy Tale Museum. The entrance to the exhibit is behind any door you open at 4.52 p.m. and the cost is 10 seeds from this year's harvest. Modern Fairy Tale Museum. Artifacts from the crossroads. Come dance with us in the moonlight. This episode is also brought to you by the new Patreon supporters, the Carrier Family, who all have unique gifts, but one combined talent that is quite amazing. They can go to a park without a picnic basket and with the help of fairies and the furry friends, create a feast. One of the family will speak to the spiders, who will weave soft blankets and hammocks for the family to rest on. Two of the children will follow the white rabbit to Wonderland and come back with cakes and tea for all although they have to look out for the cakes that will make them change size. One of the family will inquire with the squirrels about any ripe fruits or nuts nearby, and soon a delightful spread will be ready for them all, while the last member of the family invites the sweet birds to sing a little concert for them while the afternoon is enjoyed. It's one of the most enchanting picnics you could ever imagine. This family is also generous supporters of storytelling, which is pretty cool. A big thank you to them and all the other patrons of the podcast. Be like the Carrier family and become a patron for as little as $4 a month while getting some sweet perks and rewards. It would be pretty cool. The little gray baby started to cry with a sound similar to a tiny squeaking toy. I scooped it up in my hand and stared at it. Was it crying because it was scared or hungry or tired? I wasn't sure, but I had read Thumbelina, so at least I knew I needed a walnut shell for its bed and a rose for its blanket. I didn't have a walnut shell or a rose petal, but I did have an eggshell and some basil. I put the baby in a little box with the eggshell and basil leaf and turned to finding food. I didn't know what fairies ate, so I placed dots of food on a tiny plate. Peanut butter, apple, tuna, avocado, a grain of rice, and a dot of some leftover butternut soup. The little creature tasted every single piece with a definite affinity for the fresher stuff and then waddled over to the bed and fell asleep. It was up and hungry in about six hours and had gotten so big that it didn't fit the eggshell anymore. I traded it out for a soup bowl and a blanket made out of beet creams. It promptly ate its blanket and looked at me for more. I fed it a whole cherry tomato, and when its little tummy was bulging, it climbed in the soup bowl and I covered it with a washcloth. The next morning, I came out and looked in the box. The fairy child wasn't in it. I looked around under the table into the kitchen and spotted it, leaning into the peanut butter jar. When it was full and it took at least half the jar to fill it, it tumbled onto the counter, sticky and happy. 
I filled a bowl with warm water and the little fairy, maybe now fully grown, climbed in and scrubbed the peanut butter off. When it was clean and crawled out, its skin was a lovely, shining, metallic color, but instead of a dull gray, it now shimmered with rainbows arching through its wings and a wild look in its eyes. I held up my hand, and it stepped on my palm, its feet light and pointed. I walked to the door and opened it. The moment the wind touched the wings of the little creature, they started to hum and it lifted up and off my palm. Without a glance back, it flew away and out of sight. The second teller for this episode is Rona Leventhal. Hailing from the East Coast of the U.S., she has been sharing her passion of the power of story for nearly three decades, putting laughter in the belly and smiles in the hearts of listeners. She also knows how to send a chill along the spine, as this is her story from her album, Into the Dark, and is the tale, The Piper's Revenge. He didn't mean any harm. Really, he didn't. You see, he was just over in Ireland from Scotland, and all he wanted to do was to play his pipes and make a wee bit of money. You see, he'd go around to all the marketplaces and the farms, and he'd take off his sack, and he'd pick up his pipes, and he'd play them. And the people would stop what they were doing and gather around, enjoying his music, glad for the break in their day. And they'd give him a wee bit of money, and more often than not, somebody would offer him a place for the night. Maybe a bed in a house, or it might be some hay in the barn, but always something dry and comfortable. Well, that was all well and good in the summer months, but when the cold set in, well, the piper, he had a harder time of it, I can tell you that much. Because after all the months of traveling and walking, his clothes were torn and tattered and thin, and his shoes had holes in them. And there were some days when the piper was so cold that he felt like he just wanted to keel over and die. Now, one particularly cold and snowy night, the piper was trudging along the road, up and over the hillsides and around the curves, not a soul in sight. With every step that he took, he pushed the snow aside with his legs, just below his knees, that's how high the snow was. And with every step that he took, the snow got shoved deeper and deeper into the holes in his shoes, forming icicles and freezing his toes. It was snowing so hard that his hair was covered in snow and icicles hung from his hair and his beard and his eyebrows. And every breath that he took was like a cold volcano coming out. And every now and then, the piper would look back to see where he had come from. And it was snowing so hard that he could barely make out the tracks that he had made. The piper took 
either side of his jacket and wrapped it around him even tighter so that the cold wouldn't snake up his belly and freeze him even more. And he was walking along, trying to figure out where he was going to stay for the night. And that is when he saw it. It was a light in the distance, and he knew that if there was a light, there must be people. And sure enough, as he got closer, he saw that it was a farmhouse. And he knocked on the door, and an old farmer man opened up the door, and he looked the piper up and down. Well, now, we won't be having any of the likes of you around here. Now be gone with you. And he slammed the door in his face. The piper had no choice but to continue trudging on down the road. He pulled his jacket closer to him, and as he continued, he tripped over something in the middle of the road. Well, he thought that was rather strange, so he bent down to see what it was, and he brushed the snow off of it, and it was a boot. And it was a fine boot indeed, and it even seemed like it might fit him. And so he bent down to try to pick it up, and it was... it was in the snow. It didn't seem to be able to budge at all. And then he noticed that there was something else next to the boot. And so he brushed the snow off of it and, well, it was the other boot. And the piper thought to himself, well now, this is my lucky day. One boot is good, two is even better. And so he bent down to try to pick up that boot and, well, well, it was stuck as well. He couldn't seem to make it move. And then he noticed that there was something else, and he bent down to brush away the snow, and, well, there was a pair of legs. And he continued to brush the snow, and he saw that there was a whole human being, a man lying dead in the middle of the road. And he thought to himself, well, now, the poor fella, he probably was on his way home, and had a heart attack or something and just fell dead in the middle of the road. His family's probably waiting for him. The piper looked straight dead into the man's eyes. Well, now, I don't suppose you're going to be needing your boots now, will you? I'll take that as a no. And so the piper took his sack off of his back and took out a little saw that he had in his toolbox for his pipes. And he went over to those feet and he... <coughs> he sawed off the feet, boots and all. And he put those boots with the feet inside of them into his sack. He put his sack on his back and he continued walking. Soon enough... He saw another light in the distance, and as he got closer, he saw that it was again a farmhouse, and he knocked on the door, and when the door opened, he realized that he must have gotten turned around in the storm, because there, standing in front of him, was the same old farmer man. Well, now, I told you once, and I won't tell you again. You better be gone from here, or I'll come after you myself. And he slammed the door in the piper's face. Well, he didn't get far away when the farm door opened again. It was the farmer's wife. 
Uh, uh, Piper, uh, listen, uh, don't you worry about my husband. He's just a little ornery, you know. You don't have to worry about him. Uh, look, uh, there's the barn over there, and uh, I'm sure it'll be a mite warmer than it is outside. You can just go in there and spend the night. Uh, just make yourself a little bed with some hay, and I think you'll be very comfortable. Uh, you're welcome. Good night. And so the piper started to walk towards the barn, but the door opened again. Uh, piper, uh, Piper, listen, uh, there's a black and white cow in the back of the barn. Uh, uh, she can uh, bite and kick and the such. Uh, she's a little ornery, um, you know, kind of like my husband. Uh, but you can just leave her alone and uh, you'll be fine. Uh, you, good night. And so the piper went into the barn and it was so warm in there compared to the outside that he felt like an icicle melting. He found himself a stall that was empty and made himself a nice bed of hay. But before he turned in for the night, he took those boots out of his sack with the feet and all. And he went over to a cow that was resting peacefully in another stall and he tucked them underneath her belly, you know, to defrost them for the night. Well, you would do the same thing, I am sure. And then the piper settled in for the night, and he slept like a baby, let me tell you. But he woke up early in the morning. He wanted to leave before the farmers had come in for the chore so as not to disturb them. He gathered his things together, and the last thing that he did was to go over to the cow and take out those boots. The feet were nice and thawed out. And he took those feet out of the boots. He put those boots onto his own feet, and let me tell you, they fit like a glove they did. The piper could not have been happier. Well, the piper put his sack on his back, and he started to walk out of the barn. But then he remembered the old farmer man and how mean and nasty he had been to him the night before. And he decided to have a little fun. So he took those feet and he went to the back of the barn to where that black and white cow was resting peacefully in her stall. And he took those feet with the sawed off ends and he put them in front of the cow's mouth. And then... He walked out the back of the barn and peered into a small window to see what would happen. But he didn't have to wait long because soon the farmer's wife came in with a milk pail in either hand and she was walking very quietly because she didn't want to wake up the piper. And so she was walking along slowly and quietly and she always started her milking in the back of the... Ah! 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 Husband! Husband, come quickly! Ah! The cow! The cow! Wait, the piper, come quickly! Well, the husband ran into the barn. What is the problem? Oh, my goodness! I knew she bit and all, but I didn't think she would actually eat somebody. Well, look, uh, let's keep our heads about us. I mean, he is from Scotland, after all, and uh, nobody knows his exact whereabouts, and uh, he's not playing music outside right now. And uh, uh, look, uh, we'll just take what's left of him and bury him as best we can in the snow. And then in the spring, when the ground thaws, uh, we'll give him a proper burial. Uh, yes, that's what we'll do. 
And so they took those feet and they brought them outside and dug into the hard, cold snow and ice as best they could. And then they put a stick there as a marker for the grave. And instead of doing their normal chores for the rest of the morning, they went back to the farmhouse to have a little something to drink. You know, to calm their nerves. And they sat down at their table and were just about to take their first sip when they heard... Well, the two of them, they jumped up like Jack in the Boxes and ran to the window. And there they saw the piper standing on top of his grave, playing his pipes. Husband, husband, look, it's the ghost of the piper. Come back to haunt us. And then the piper started walking towards the house, stiff legs and all like, well, a dead man playing his pipes. Well, the two of them, they ran out of that farmhouse as fast as they could. And the piper ran after them playing his pipes. And he played with them like a cat plays with a mouse, teasing them the whole way. When they sped up, he sped up. When they slowed down, he slowed down until they were far away from the farmhouse. And he knew that they wouldn't be back for a long time. Well, he walked back to the house, and when he went inside, he saw in front of the hearth a whole basket of fresh eggs and freshly baked bread and butter and jam and bacon, and he made himself a fine breakfast. And he sat himself down at the table and was just about to put the first bit of food in his mouth when he heard a knock on the door. Now, he wasn't worried about the old man and the old woman coming back so soon, so... He went over to the door and he opened it and there standing in front of him was a man who looked about as awful as the piper did the night before. His clothes were torn and tattered and wrinkled. His hair was disheveled with snow and icicles hanging off of it. And the piper looked at him and said, Well, man, what you doing out there in the cold? Come on in, make yourself something to eat, sit yourself down and put up your feet. And the man standing outside said, I would put up my feet if I had any. He didn't mean any harm. Really, he didn't. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find The Devil's Violin at thedevilsviolin.co.uk and Rona Leventhal at ronatales.com. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. We are in strange times for performing artists, but art is needed now more than ever. So many storytellers are doing online events, creating podcasts, so you, yes you, can see and hear some of your favorite storytellers. These may be different times, but the opportunities to connect with the magic of live storytelling are abundant. Go and find your favorite tellers from the podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. Did you know you can connect with the podcast on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast or me? 
at Rachel Ann Harding. You can see the fairy tale sponsors ads on the Story Story Podcast Instagram and Facebook page. While you're there, let me know the favorite story you've heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was a story seed from Laura Packer. You can find her lovely story and writing prompts by looking her up on social media. The music is by Pottington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You will hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door, and there on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court. We are in strange times for performing artists, but art is needed now more than ever's. More than ever's. That's not how you say a word. Can see and hear some of your... Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Now everything I say sounds weird.